Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hello, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome back to the Boss in Heels podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode and it's actually a listener requested episode. I actually dropped a post on my Instagram page a few weeks back asking my podcast community what they want to hear more of, what they want me to talk about, what they want to learn about. And there was a comment that came through, which is so beautiful. I know that this is from a really loyal listener. So I know you're listening to this episode. And basically what it said was huge supporter and listener. And I love everything you release. I'd love to know more about how you got from a job to the C-level position and now obviously quitting corporate. Did you always feel destined for bigger things and wanted to be your own boss? What parameters did you hit or moments did you have to think, okay, I got this and now I'm going to quit? And also love the five tips to and seven steps to episodes because I feel like everyone can relate to them and practice them. Keep it up. I love this question. I love this interview topic because it is something that I get asked quite a bit about. And so I wanted to create this career episode where I answer some of these commonly asked questions that I get around how I climbed the corporate ladder from a teeny little assistant (laughs) through to an executive inside a billion dollar corporation. And I did that all like like in, you know, a decade. And uh, it's a really cool story. And I've learned lots along the way. And I've overcome lots of challenges and hurdles. And I've and I had some really easy, effortless things happen for me as well. So I feel like this episode is going to be more like me freestyling in kind of like answering the questions that came through for this episode. And um yeah, we're just going to take it from there. So before we do get started, if you enjoy this episode and if you love the show, then I would so appreciate if you could take a moment to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast, because it really helps the show to grow. It really ensures that we are reaching the right kinds of audiences And it just means that we are, you know, making sure that our message and the impact that we want to create is really landing with the right kinds of people. So share this episode on your social media, tag me on Instagram at Lara underscore Nassessian underscore so I can reshare your beautiful posts, but also share this with a friend or family member or colleague or someone who you know would really benefit from listening to the insights and advice and inspiration that comes out of this show. So with that being said, let's get stuck into this episode. So the question was, I'd love to know about how you got from a um, job that from a job to the C-level position and now quitting corporate. So let me start with that 
firstly. So in terms of where my career actually started, growing up, I always knew and I had this feeling that I wanted to be a businesswoman in the city. Like when you asked me, there were lots of questions that I lots of answers to things that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to own a hotel. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to have my own TV show. I wanted to be a businesswoman in the city. Like that was that was like it for me. I was like, if I can be like an important woman who dresses up in these suits with a briefcase and is in high heels and walks around the city going from meeting to meeting and like doing important things, then I feel like I've made it in life. Like that was like my childhood dream. And it's so interesting because I guess that dream really manifested, but not in the way that I thought it would. And Growing up, I really didn't know, especially when I was in high school, exactly what I wanted to do. And my mom had said to me, I feel like you would be really good at human resources. And I was like, well, what's that? And she was like, well, you kind of like hire people and then you fire people and then you do everything in between. And I was like, oh, okay. And at the time that my my mom was working in corporate herself, And I was 16 years old and this was the year being year 10 in high school where I had to pick something and somewhere to do work experience. And so my mom had organized for me to go to her work and do work experience there for a week in the human resources department. And I did it and I I had the best week. And I had the best time and I was like, I love this job. Like I could definitely see myself working in an office like this and like doing these cool things and speaking to people and like helping organize. I think I helped organize an event and I was like, this is great. And then in year 12, I completed my um, exams, my HSC, if you're here in Australia. And then I had my preference for some university degrees. And for some reason, I was pulled towards psychology. And I really wanted to study psychology because I was so interested in human behavior and why people were the way that they were. Like that was always really fascinating to me. But then I was also really interested in the business side of psychology as well. And so I put my my preferences in for my uh, university degrees and I ended up getting accepted into um, a Bachelor of Psychology and I ended up going to Macquarie University here in Sydney. And then I completed the three years of psychology degree. And then I completed another two years doing my postgraduate in psychology, where I wrote a thesis and kind of like took that next step to becoming a psychologist. But then I couldn't help but feel like that was not the thing that I wanted to do. I didn't actually want to become a psychologist. And again, I was pulled more towards the business side of psychology. And so when I graduated from university, my second degree, at this time I was working in like a jewelry 
so I worked retail jobs and I was like a retail sales assistant. And then I was like, okay, I want some more like office experience because all of these jobs, when you graduate from university, they want people with experience. And so I was like, what can I do to get some office experience? And so a friend that I was working with in the retail shop, um, introduced me to this company that she had then gone and started working for and I got the job on the spot. They hired me and basically what I was doing was just like packing jewelry into bags, (laughs) like literally like packing and packing bags of jewelry. And then after doing this job, I got promoted to looking after their key clients. And so I looked after their top 10 clients in like a customer service type job. And then as I was going through university and like learning all these things about HR and psychology and things like that, they actually allowed me to start kind of implementing some of these like processes and policies and things like that in the organization. And so by the time I had finished university, I had some kind of experience, like not really, but a little bit, like enough to try and like get my foot in the door and not say that I didn't have any experience at all. And the thing is, it was so hard for me to land my first job, my first proper job in my career in HR after university because no one would hire me because I didn't have all this experience and it was the most frustrating thing. And I think I applied for over a hundred jobs and some of them I got rejected from. Some of them, most of them, I never even got an interview or a response back, just like literally in no man's land. And that was a horrible experience. And it was a really disheartening experience because I was like, hang on a second. I've just spent the last five years studying in university, trying to build up some kind of experience. And yet no one is giving me a chance. And then I applied for this job and it was with a global cosmetics company. And the thing that was different about applying for this job was that I went to the job interview and I was interviewed by the two people that were going to be like my managers in my team. And they saw something in me and we got along and they were asking me like fun questions in the interview and culturally I was a really good fit. And I think because they saw something in me, they decided to give me a chance and I got hired as my in my first proper HR job. It was an HR human resources assistant being the most junior person in the team of form. And I started from the ground up. And when I say the ground, I literally mean the floor of the filing room where there were no windows, no air conditioning, stacks and stacks and stacks of paper that had to be filed into people's personnel files. (laughs) And I would basically do all of the jobs that nobody else wanted to touch. And I started from the bottom, started from the bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) And so, um, that was really where my career kind of began. And the thing is, I cared so much about doing a great job. I tried really hard. 
I did all the right things. I was like a yes girl. I was like anything for you. Like I literally tried to go above and beyond and prove myself. And I did that role for somewhere between a year and a half to two years. And then I was approached by a friend whose friend was looking for a new HR person at a leading, like an Australian clothing label, a designer clothing label. And this was a brand that back in the day I was like obsessed with. And I was like, this would be a dream come true. But the problem was that I was going from being the most junior person in a team of four to then literally running the whole show on my own. And it was a huge jump for me to go from this tiny little like assistant running around, shuffling papers, filing papers, doing all the odd jobs that no one else wanted to touch, (laughs) to then having to run the whole function on my own, like what the actual hell. But I knew I had to go for it because I was like, hey, I love this brand. I love this company. I love the culture. I love the clothes. And this is going to be such a huge step up for me that if I can prove that I can do this, this is going to be huge for my career. And so I went through a very rigorous interview process, including psychometric testing, like I was grilled and I got the job. Uh, And I ended up just like growing into the job, even though the job was so intimidating, so overwhelming. Half of these things I'd never dealt with before and I just had to figure it out on the fly. And I feel like when opportunities like that present themselves, like you just have to say yes and figure out how to do it later. And that was my approach to it. And I worked so damn hard in this job. Like I earned my stripes. I worked till God knows what hour I would, you know, work till so late. I'd be there till midnight on a Friday night. I was literally that person that would do anything and everything to get the job done and to do it really well. And this is how I started to really build my credibility and my reputation because then I started helping leaders and I started helping CEOs with their issues and their problems and having to deal with like really difficult people situations and things like that. And so a lot of my skills really started to like flourish in this role. And then after a year and a half of being in the role on my own with no support, I was then promoted. I was like, put in there as like a standalone coordinator and then I was promoted to like the national like manager and I was then able to hire my first team member and then I did that with her and like she was incredible and we're still friends to this day um my first team member and I and um and then I was approached again because the the, one of the senior leaders in the organization had then moved to another group. And so she and I really respected each other a lot. And she, I really supported her at such a high level. Like I would fly around the country with her and have the most like support her in having the most difficult people conversations you could imagine. Like some of the things that we saw, some of the things that we dealt with, 
it was a lot. And so she felt really supported by me. And so then she knew at this new company, this group that she had moved into, that um, there was this opportunity and she put me forward for the job and I went for the interview and I got the job the same day. (laughs) And um, so it's happened really like, I say it's happened effortlessly in that I I struggled so much at the beginning to get that first job. And then once my foot was in the door, I knew I could just prove myself through hard work, through building my reputation, through partnering with the right people, through, you know, really building my my personal brand in, you know, how I wanted to show up and what I wanted to be known for and, and the quality of work that people would know that they would get from me and the support that I would provide people. And so... I then moved. So it was like another huge step up yet again, because I went from then being the head, like the HR manager for this one company to then being the like head of HR, I think was my role for like four businesses, like four retail companies. And I was like, whoa, I just went from one company to managing HR for four companies. And when I walked in there, like, it was a little bit of a mess. And so the thing is, because that so much of this had been mismanaged, it was like my opportunity to go in and shine. And I tidied everything up and I cleaned everything up and I like built the trust and the credibility of this function. Like I literally restored people's faith back in HR and it was incredible. And I loved this experience and I worked with the most incredible people. And again, I had to deal with some really, really, really difficult things as well. But there was so much good that like I loved this job. Like I was obsessed with this job. And then um, I guess a similar thing happened where I was approached a few as so I did this role for maybe like three, four years. And then I was approached again um, by someone who had seen this position advertised for a larger group yet again. And even though this job title was like, it was seemed like I could have been taking a step back. I really wasn't because I was moving into another group role, but this time a $2 billion company with 14 different brands. And so the scale at which I would be managing the people function was so enormous that I really saw that as an opportunity. And I worked really closely with um, the C-level executives who I became really close friends with and built a lot of trust, built a lot of credibility, and again, did what I needed to do to prove that I was like, you know, the right person, that one day when the opportunity would come up that I would be the obvious choice to put into that executive role. And that's exactly what happened is that I was earmarked for this um, like HR role as an executive. And then it came to a point that the person that I reported into, who I love so much and we're such good friends as of today, and um, we catch up and talk all the time and I love her if she's listening to this. <laughs> and um, so she put me forward and she pitched me for the job. And again, it was a huge step up because I was like, holy moly, I'm like running the show again, but it's such a big scale. And 
again, it's like you just say yes and you figure out how to do it later. And that's exactly what happened. And so meanwhile, I in the previous job that I had, so in the first group role that I had, not the second group role, in the first group role that I had, I started really like questioning what I was doing. And I was like, I love my job and there's nothing wrong with my job and there's nothing wrong. Like there's nothing broken, nothing needs to be fixed. I'm not one of these people that's like complaining about going to work. Like I'm actually really good, but I feel this calling to do something bigger and to do more of something. And I feel like I've got this obligation to work this out. And so I started asking myself these like big questions. It was actually my husband had asked me, what is your purpose in life? And I was like, I have no idea. I'd never thought about it. And it stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, whoa, like I've really got to figure this out. And so I started asking myself like a whole bunch of questions and I was like thinking about it and contemplating about it. And then this light bulb idea went off where I was like, you know what? I keep getting people from past companies that I have worked with that have said, Lara, like, I know we don't work together anymore, but like, I just trust you so much more or your advice always helped me so much more. And can you help me with this? And the thing is, I kept noticing these themes in questions that people would ask me around career and and personal and professional development. And so, I was like, why don't I start a blog and start answering some of these commonly asked questions that always come up. And so the idea for the blog came up and the idea for Boston Hills came up and I started publishing articles reluctantly because I was so nervous and so scared, (laughs) but I did. And I would start posting them to my LinkedIn and then the momentum started building for Boston Hills. And it was this tiny little side project that was just something that I was almost embarrassed about. I was embarrassed about to begin with because I didn't really want people to think that it was going to take away from my professionalism. I didn't want it to hurt my career that I had been working so hard for. All of those, you know, limiting beliefs and self-doubt really crept in in a really big way. I want you to own your ambition, get the right support, and learn how to level up your life. But how do you harness that ambition, find the right support, and learn how to level up without the overwhelm, having to do it all alone, and with limited bandwidth? Introducing the Up Level Experience. My community of women owning their power, doing life together, and learning how to level up with a combination of live virtual sessions, masterclasses, hot seat coaching, guest speakers, community access, and so much more. Take your personal finances, health, and relationships to the next level. Get exclusive access, resources, and connections. Learn the tools, tactics, and strategies that work for you 
and experience it whenever and wherever you are. I love seeing the transformation already taking place, like the feedback in this email. It's put a spotlight on the areas where I'm self-sabotaging and also playing small. I'm becoming much more clear on the steps I need to take to get to the level I want to be, but not getting overwhelmed by the steps ahead of me like I would have in the past or this DM I received. The up-level experience has enabled me to step into my personal power and become a high-worth, high-value woman. I've learned to get up and move no matter what. I've been prepared to make big shifts in my life, which I previously would have felt overwhelmed by. So in love with the energy inside this container. Is it time to invest in yourself and step up a level in life? I want to help you do just that. And that's why as a Boston Hills listener, you'll receive a VIP upgrade on sign up, which includes a 60 minute one-on-one call with yours truly valued at $555. Places are limited. So for more information on how to join, click the link in the episode show notes. It's your time to shine with the up-level experience. Once... 2020 end of 2020 I think it was and or 2019 the end of 2019 so by this stage my blog had started to build momentum because at the beginning there was like three people reading my articles and it was like me my husband and my brother who were proofreading them for me and giving me their feedback and no one was reading it. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. And every single Saturday, I would just work on Boston Heels. Like during the day on Saturday, that was my day of the week to work on Boston Heels. And that's what I did. And then I would work in my corporate job from Monday to Friday. And then the thing is that in 2019, um, Success Resources Australia caught on to what I was doing and they will reached out to me and they were like, we really love the way that you write. We really love the things that you talk about. I feel like there's a real alignment between what you do and what we do and there's a real opportunity here. And what we would love to do is to start inviting you to these events, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, like all of these incredible world-class performers and thought leaders that they brought to the stage in Australia. And we're going to send you for free and you just have to blog about it, post about it to your socials, write a write an article about what you learned and you get this free VIP ticket. And the thing is the free VIP ticket was always like the best seat in the house, like front row ticket, um, you know, meeting the person usually like whether it was like Gary Vee or someone else, like I would always get like a one-on-one photo, Mark Boris, like all of these things. And um, they sent me to unleash the power within for free for four days. It was incredible. I was like, this is like a dream that I get to go to all of these things. They're paying for me to go there. And all I have to do is like write about it and share about it. Like this is awesome. And so what happened at one of these events was that I was posting about Elena Cardone, who was speaking at this event and she resonated so deeply with me. I loved everything about her. I loved her story. I loved her tenacity. I was like, what a woman. I would love to interview her for my blog. And I had told one of the videographers at Success Resources who I became friends with and who loved my work and supported my work. I told him about the fact that I had reached out to her 
off the back of this event and I'd said, hey, would you, you know, could I interview you for my blog? And she wrote back saying yes. And I was over the moon. And I feel like I've told this story on the podcast before, but for those of you who haven't heard it, and then basically the videographer said, no, why don't you do a podcast? And I was like, what podcast? Like, I don't have a podcast. And he was like, no, they're coming back to Sydney in two weeks time. I think this would be a really good fit. And so I was doing this all on the side of my full-time job. And I was like, uh, okay. And he pulled out his phone then and there, putting this request. I never thought anything about it again. Didn't think it was really going to happen. And then 48 hours before, like I'd given up. And then I had heard from their team who had said, this is your time to interview Elena. It's at this location at this time. This is the address. Here are the details of how to get in. It was like Fort Knox um, and <laughs> in Point Piper, Billionaires Row. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't have a podcast. I don't know how to do a podcast. I have no equipment. I've got no idea. I have no one to film this for me. I've got no one to record this for me. And so immediately I went into like overdrive of like finding someone to record the podcast, finding someone to film so I could focus on the prep of the interview. And I was so nervous and so petrified, but that interview really is the thing that started the Boston Hills podcast. And deep down, I had this knowing that like, this is something that I'm meant to do, but I was so afraid to do it. And the thing is that when, again, when this opportunity, now that I'm talking about this, I'm like, there's so many things that I've not been ready for that I just said yes to. And I was like, I'm just going to say yes. And then I'm going to figure it out. Like this has literally been the theme of my life and like the catalyst for so much of my success. It's like that saying where, you know, luck is the definition of preparation meeting opportunity. And I really feel like this has been such a strong theme in my career and in my life. And the thing is that we recorded that episode towards the end of 2019. And then the beginning of 2020 is when the world stopped. And all of a sudden, everyone was home. I was home. Like I was still working, thank goodness. Like I I was always able to work from home throughout the pandemic. But all of these people that were previously so hard to get a hold of were suddenly not traveling. Everyone was at home as well. Everyone had this extra time on their hands. And I asked myself, like, I'm either going to come out of this pandemic having something to show for. Like, I don't know how long this is going to go for, but all I know is that this is an unbelievably rare time in history for me to like double down on all of the things that I really want to do and like make myself proud and create an impact or I can let this opportunity pass me by. And so I doubled down on the podcast and because I had such a sensational first guest, it gave me a lot of leverage to then pitch other incredible guests because I was like, look, like at my number one episode, you know, and then I built so much momentum with these extraordinary guests throughout COVID that then it got picked up by a couple of publications and got listed as the number one podcast to listen to during COVID in Business Insider and Yahoo Finance. And 
And then I was like, whoa, okay, I really feel like I'm onto something here. And I feel like I found my flow and I feel like I found my passion. And like, I love doing my other stuff, but like, this feels like I am in flow. This feels like I could do this all day, every day. And like, no time has passed. Like, it's like, five hours feels like five minutes to me when I'm podcasting and when I'm talking in this way and when I'm doing this kind of work. And then what ended up happening was through the podcast, I started releasing solo episodes and talking about what I was learning, what I was thinking about, like, you know, five tips to seven steps to and things that I was practicing. Like even during the pandemic, I was like, I recorded an episode of like 10 steps to effectively work from home or 10 tips to effectively work from home. And that episode got such a great response because it was like, everyone was like looking for direction or for tips or for how can I like do something with this time? Like I'm really struggling with it. And I was like, I'm thriving over here. Like you can thrive as well. Like I see this as being the time to do all of the things that I wanted to do that I didn't have the time for. And now I have the time and now I want to do something with the time and I'm going to teach you how. And so I was building my personal brand and I was posting about the podcast. And then what happened was that CEOs that I was either working with or had working for previously, whose opinions I was like so scared about and like they were the ones that I was like embarrassed if they like saw my article or something like that were the ones that came and asked me for advice. This is like the irony of all of this. So they would be like, hey, Lara, can I pay you like X amount of thousands of dollars to help me with my personal brand? Because I love what you've done with yours. And I was like, really? And then I would have coaching clients come out of the woodworks, like people from all parts of the world that I was like, how did you even find me? And they would be like, hey, I want you to be my coach. And so I started taking on private clients on the side. And then what ended up happening was I started generating. So this went from being a passion project to then being a side business and a side hustle that was generating some kind of impact uh, income. Nowhere near as much as what I was earning in my corporate job, but nonetheless, I was like generating some kind of impact income. And it meant that I was at least like covering my expenses because I've paid for this podcast out of my pocket since day one. Like it costs money to to build a podcast. It costs money to film content, to film episodes, to content create. Like all of these things cost money and I was paying for it all with the money that I made from my corporate job. And so I started kind of naturally building up my business. So it went from being a blog to being a, um, to being a, like a podcast to then becoming a coaching business. And then what happened was the strategic direction of my previous organization changed. And so I knew that I had like maybe two and a half to three years left in my job because I was now, instead of us building up these businesses, uh, we were owned by um, international shareholders and they had changed the strategic direction of the organization. And so rather than building it up, we were 
moving towards a complete 180 in our strategy and divesting businesses so that they could clear out their international debt. They wanted us to sell off these businesses. And so in selling off these businesses, the group function which I was part of, which provided the strategic support and direction to the rest of the group, the rest of these businesses, we were going to have to, you know, sell these businesses. And then eventually we would get it to a point that we would just, you know, dismantle our our group services function, which I was a part of. And so I knew in the back of my mind at some point, this feels like my life's work. This feels like the thing that lights me up like nothing else does. If I could find a way to do this full time, this is the thing that literally sets a a fire in my soul, in my belly. Like this feels like my purposeful, impactful work. I love my corporate job. I've worked so hard over the years to really, you know, build it up to the the point that I did and became hugely successful, like, like made a lot of money in as an inverted commas employee working for somebody else, more so than most people ever would. And I was like so grateful for the opportunity and I loved my job and I loved the people that I work with, but I knew that there was going to be an end date. And so that gave me the the opportunity to ask myself again, what do I really want to do? Like what really matters to me and like what is my life's work? What's my purposeful work? And it always came back to coaching clients. And so when I knew that I had made that decision and we were working towards a 30 June 2023 end date, I had all of this time and this runway to not only wrap up my corporate job and make sure that everybody was taken care of, making sure that everybody had a soft landing, had a great transition arrangement, etc. But also that I was like really building up the momentum and putting in the infrastructure and the systems and the programs to make this a sustainable, profitable business that I could just move into full time. And so as one was winding down, the other one was ramping up. And so as things started to wind down in my corporate job, I started to double down on my business and I launched the Up Level Experience, my signature membership program earlier this year. And it is freaking phenomenal. Like I I'm obsessed with this membership program. I love it. Like it, my, my heart sings. Like it's like my favorite call of the week. <laughs> I just love doing this work so much. And I was like, what else can I do? What programs can I offer? What, you know, membership, mentorship offerings can I bring to life? And so I really started doubling down on that and just being able to charge money for the work that I would do for free anyway and had been doing for free for so many years. And so this transition was like pre-planned, very well thought out, um, of incredible unique opportunity where one thing naturally was going to come to a close and I could have gone into another corporate executive job easily. Like I could have gone for interviews and put the word out that this is what I wanted to do and I would have found something. But I was like, 
that's not actually like when I tune in with myself, what is my heart's desire? What feels like my purpose in this life? It's doing this work and I'm going to choose to do what I need to do to double down on this because this is where I see my life going. This is the direction that I see my life going. And I'm so proud of what I've created and cultivated in my career in a relatively short amount of time. Like for me to have like accomplished everything that I did, for me to have created the impact that I had, for the influence that and impact that I've had in so many people's, not just work experience, but lives, like the things that I've seen, the things that I've dealt with, the ups, the downs, like the the successes, the triumphs, the challenges, like all of it. I'm like, this has just like helped prepare me for that next version of me, which is becoming the CEO of myself, of my organization, which is becoming a full-time entrepreneur and really no longer calling this like a cute little passion project. But this is a freaking empire that I'm building. This is a movement that I'm building. And like, I never would have been able to say that, but like, I believe that, like, I believe it with every cell of my being that like, I'm creating something great in this world. And the impact and the care that I have in my clients is like second to none. Like I care so much about the experience that my clients get, the breakthroughs that my clients get, like, and I attract incredible people to come into my world as a result of that. And so I'm like, wow, like this really feels real. And so how I felt leading up to this was like a lot of mixed emotions because I was like so excited for the future and so excited to do the thing that lights me up and to be able to do that full time. But I was petrified, petrified at the same time because I've never been a full-time entrepreneur before. And the thing is, I'm used to a a lot of money coming in every month and never having to think about it. And then I was like, okay, this feels like a really different shift for me now because I no longer am operating from the field of predictability. I no longer have a predictable income that I've had for the last 15, 20 years, but actually I have to generate this all myself. And so that was like a big mindset shift that I had to really work through and overcome. But I'm like, all of these things have really just helped shape me into becoming the person that I am, into building the kind of business that I have. And so when I go back into like how I got from this job and to quitting corporate, that is that is how. And then to answer the question about did I always feel destined for bigger things and want to be my own boss? I didn't always know that I was going to be my own boss, but deep down, I've always known that I'm destined for big things in this world. I cannot explain it. It is a knowing. It's a feeling in my body. And the more that I started to own that, the more the universe, like I felt like I was in co-creation with the universe and the most unexplainable or illogical things happened to me. Like, so for example, I think I may have touched on this in a previous episode, but when I decided that this was my life's mission, that this is my life's work, that I'm going to trust myself, that I'm going to go all in, that I'm going to do this full time, that I'm going to put my whole heart and soul and everything into doing this, then the fear of me not being able to match my salary 
went away because, you know, on the last day that I finished up my job on 30 June, a few hours to midnight, I had someone purchase to come into my program. And that that amount brought me in line with my corporate salary for the month. And it's like, how can you explain that? How could you possibly explain that? And so all of that fear that I had of like, I don't know if I trust myself enough. I don't know if I can make enough money doing this full time. Like, I don't know if this is going to be sustainable in the long term. Like, I'm grateful that I've got like a huge safety net that like I don't have to stress about. And, um, you know, I had a very lovely package paid to me at the end of, you know, seeing through my corporate job and all of those things, which is such a a blessing, you know, and really gave me so much comfort and security in being able to go all in. But at the same time, it's like, that's not the money that I want to be like living off week to week. You know, I want to be generating income. I want to be creating impact. I want more people in my programs because I know the impact that my life that my work has on people. And it's like, people get so much value from the podcast. And it's like, yes, for free. Imagine if you came into my world and you actually were a client of mine or you were in a program of mine. If you get so much value from the podcast, imagine what you get in a paid paid program with me. And so it really enabled me to do all of these things. So I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to be my own boss, but I sure as hell knew that I was up for big things in the world. And I fully and wholeheartedly believe that still. And I I believe I haven't even scratched the surface of my potentiality. I believe I'm just getting started. And that's what I really feel. And so in terms of what parameters did you hit or moment did you have to think, okay, this is it? That was it. It was like, I know that this strategy is coming as of 30 June. I had two and a half to three years to think about it, to plan for it. I am a planner. Like I'm not that spontaneous person that's going to just like go and quit their job and not have a plan. Like I had a plan. I had a very thought out plan and it was a very gradual and um easy transition. And now being on the other side of it, I'm actually recording this episode. It's Monday, the 24th of July. It'll probably be released in August or September, just depending on scheduling. But um, I'm like, wow, like this feels really different because for so long I managed so much all at once. And that's why my time management skills are exceptional. My planning skills are exceptional. My productivity is exceptional because I know how to manage all of these things in addition to an executive role. And now I get to put my whole heart into my business and into my clients and really just like it's created so much more spaciousness in my life where I feel like I'm operating at like a slower pace in that I'm not rushing from thing to thing, but it's like the presence and the impact that I have in the work that I do do is very potent and powerful. And that feels very good to me. So 24 days in on my own and I'm recording this episode, this, this was such a great question and I hope that it really answered the the question for you. But um, that is basically like how I got from, you know, made that transition from employee to entrepreneur. And um, if this is something that you want to learn more about or if you are someone who is 
you know, thinking about making that transition themselves. Like I have lived it now and I know how to do it successfully and I know how to, you know, really create something, you know, that feels very purposeful, but can become profitable as well. And how can you make the thing that you are the most purposeful and lit up about the thing that you actually do full time? Because like, I could do this part-time till the end of time, but it's like, I'm never going to have the impact if I were to go all in on it. And like learning to trust myself and learning to go all in on me, learning how to go all in on my business and like trusting that I've got myself, trusting that I've got my back has been huge for me and huge for my self-trust and huge for my self-confidence. And so if you are in a similar position or if you want to elevate your career or if you want to you know, manage a side hustle or you're not sure how to do it, or you ultimately want to go into your business full-time, whatever your circumstances are. It's like, I've literally been there, done it all. I've literally built my career up from the ground up with no real support, no one to direct me, no one to guide me, but just figuring things out and saying yes before I felt ready and trusting myself to just figure it out as I went. And that has been like the biggest theme in this entire experience. And then yet again, in making that switch from employee to entrepreneur, it's been a huge piece of self-trust that it's taken for me to make that transition and to do it successfully and for me to actually match my corporate salary, which was just like brought tears to my eyes. I was like, how did this happen a few hours to midnight on the month that I still was in my corporate job? Like it doesn't even make sense. But this is what happens when you trust yourself, when you have the right support team around you, when you work with a high level coach, when you really co-create with the universe and the possibilities really are endless. So I hope that you found this episode inspiring. I hope that no matter where you're at at your journey, that there's something, some little nuggets that you can take away from this episode. And if you did, tag me on Instagram at Lara underscore Necessian underscore. I'll link it in the show notes so that I can reshare your beautiful posts. But I appreciate each and every one of you so much. I hope you loved this episode and I will be back very soon with another episode of the Boston Hills podcast. Take care, everyone, and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.